You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Unbelievable game last night. Anita Marks with you on this Sunday fun day. Happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody out there. The weather is just gorgeous. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Big shout out to uh, all those in the military. God bless. Uh, with you for the next three hours. A lot of talk pertaining to the NBA and why not are we in for a treat. Let's recap before we look forward. Phone lines are open, 800-919-3776. We've got Moke Hamilton, who's going to be joining us at 9.30 this morning. So excited to talk some NBA with Moke. Always great having him on. Ben Ruda, former Yankee, played in the minors with the Yankees, is going to be joining us in our second hour. Let's talk about those Yankees. Who uh, who was able to uh, to of course beat the uh, the Padres yesterday? Um, we'll talk Major League Baseball as a whole, and um, and of course, um, like I said, a, a lot of NBA talk. We'll talk some NFL as well as the Giants and the Jets had some OTAs this week. Some interesting things that were said, some interesting things that were reported, and. Um, Bill Barnwell's article that I'm sure does not sit well with a lot of Giants and Jets fans out there. So a lot to get to. And of course, your calls throughout. Uh, We've got Tom and Joe who are producing the show. We'll have a click or don't click. Uh, We're going to have some fun with a little he said, she said. Uh, But let's start again with the game last night. As we know, Boston won 104 to 103. Unbelievable. If you stayed up and watched it. I did. Uh, Now, you guys, Joe, you said you were asleep. Tom, did you watch it? I had no interest in watching it, but uh, I mean, you had I, no interest in watching it. No, I had more interest in watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in the uh, in the movie theater yesterday than watching the uh, Celtics game. Ooh, we have to get into that at some point in time in the show. So neither of you were watching the game. Well, I watched the game. But you said you fell asleep. I fell asleep at halftime because I had to be here this morning. Yes, I have a job to do, so I caught up. <laughs> I caught up. I, I, I caught up on the train ride in. I watched the, the, the fourth quarter in its entirety on the train ride in. So I watched the buzzer beater in real time for me. I didn't go on Twitter this morning or anything. I watched the fourth quarter, and I was at Jamaica Station when Derek White hit the, uh, the game winner. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, so let's go through the statistics, which, which, I, find, which I find really interesting because the statistics in this series – prior to last night, dictated who won. What do I mean by that? I will share with you. Jason Tatum, 31 points, 12 rebounds. But a lot of those points came early, not late. Very interesting. The two top stars and studs with both these teams faded in the fourth quarter. Now, Jimmy Butler hit three free throws that put the heat on top, of course, 103 to 102, uh, which was really crucial, but but pretty much if you were watching that, and in fact, Stan Van Gundy alluded to it in the broadcast last night. He was just like, why isn't Jimmy Butler taking more shots? Why isn't he being more aggressive here? It's like, you know, he was being more of a facilitator uh, than, than the clutch player that we've seen him be throughout the postseason. So that was interesting, but nonetheless, hit those three crucial uh, free throws down the stretch with three seconds left to put the heat on top, 103 to 102 with three seconds left. Marcus Smart, 21 points, took the shot with three seconds left to try to to, to try to win it. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't recall if he was uh, shooting from three point. I, I don't think so. Can't be sure if it was a three pointer or a two pointer, but he missed. 
And then, of course, Derek White came in with a tip in with like a second left. A second left. Now, White had 11 points, but boy, was he clutch at the end. Uh, Jalen Brown having, in my opinion, the best game that I've seen him play so far in this series. Uh, looked really out of sorts early on in this series. I think a big reason why Boston went down 0-3. 26 points, 10 rebounds. Horford was clutch defensively, that's for sure, with some blocked baskets against Bam. But uh, for the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, 24 points, so he did not go over that point total. But Caleb Martin, dude's been delivering. I've been winning a ton of money. If you tuned into the show yesterday, it was my best bet. Over 13 and a half points. He had 21 points, 15 rebounds for Caleb. Undrafted dude. Man, I'd love to see this guy on the Knicks next year. That's for sure. Bam had 13 rebounds. Gabe Vincent, thank God he played. They needed him. He had 15 points. So, so individually, those were the statistics in regard to the game and the teams. Now, here's where it really gets interesting. Three-point shooting. The Miami Heat, 46.7%. They were 14 of 30. The Boston Celtics, 20%. They were 7 of 35. How about that? This is, the, this is the first game in this series that the team that had the best, the better three-point shooting percentage and, and performance did not win the game. Rebounds, even. 47 rebounds each. And here's another one for you. Turnovers. The Miami Heat protected the ball. Five turnovers. The Boston Celtics, 12. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been turnover machines in this series. And so, for me, heading into last night's game, the two key crucial elements of the Miami Heat winning, better three-point shooting percentage and fewer turnovers. They win the game. Should have, could have, would have won the game. Did not. Really interesting. And again, this is the first game out of the six. This is the first game that combined the team that had the better three-point shooting percentage and fewer turnovers did not win. So what you're saying, well, then what gives, Anita? This is what gives. Field, field percentage, just shooting within, with, just within uh, underneath the three-point line, right? Like field shooting, shooting field percentage. 35.5% for the Miami Heat. That's how awful they were shooting twos. 43.6% for the Boston Celtics. So what does that tell you? The Boston Celtics came in and played great defense in the paint. Great defense in the paint. Changed the entire narrative. Changed the entire script of this series. So you got to commend the Boston Celtics. They... You know, when, when we're expecting, right, like you're expecting A, B to happen, which equals C, boy, they pivoted. They zigged when we zagged. Not only that, clutch on the free throw line, 29 of 34 in free throw shooting for the Boston Celtics. Those are the two metrics. Those are the two reasons why the Boston Celtics won last night. Well, actually, there's three. Number one, again, free throw shooting, 29 to 34, great paint defense, and Derek White. Who, if you recall, um, when, when the Boston Celtics traded for Derek White, I, I, I said, boy, this is one of my favorite trades, and, and we're going to have Moke Hamilton join us on the show in about 15 minutes. 
I'm sure he recalls this. Him and I had this conversation. I felt that Derek White was really um, not getting a lot of hype, not getting a lot of excitement in regard to the trade that went down because he wasn't a big name. He wasn't the big name in regard to what, what was transpiring there when he was traded. And so just not a lot of talk about the Celtics getting Derek White. And, and I, even though 11 points, but boy, that clutch tip in with one second left really sealed the deal. It was unbelievable. 800-919-3776. So now, this is where it really gets interesting. 150 teams. 150 teams were up 3-0 in the history of the NBA in a seven-game series. Okay? 136 of those 150 won the series in five or less. That's 90%. So now where are we? Boston now becomes only the fourth team in the history of the NBA to force a game seven. And oh, by the way, on their home court on Monday night. This is history in the making. Whether you're a Heat fan, Boston fan, you hate Boston, you hate the Heat, whatever the case may be. This is like we are in for a treat. On Monday night. Could you imagine just marinating that for a minute? To be a team, to be a part of a team that is on the verge, on the precipice of doing something that no team out of 150, 149 other teams have ever done in the history of the NBA. Just marinating that for a minute as we take a break. We'll take your calls next. Your thoughts on the game last night? Were you watching? Um, or did you watch the, uh, the highlights like Joe did at the Jamaica train station uh, this morning? Um, and, and your thoughts on Game 7. You know, a, a part of me, as much as, as much as I've been riding this Miami Heat wave, no pun intended, I've got to lean towards Boston. There's something special going on here. There's something special going on here. And to, and to witness history in the making, I think would be really, really significant. 800-919-3776. Nina Marks with you on this Sunday Funday, Memorial Sunday Funday on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend brought to you by Kia. Make your summer special. Visit kia.com, kiamovements.com. 
uh, movement that, of course, inspires. Without further ado, Mo Hamilton joins us now. As always, he's so gracious to join us throughout the uh, the NBA season and definitely the postseason. Moke, dude, what a game last night. Were you watching? Oh, yeah, of course. Come on, man. You know I was watching that. But hold on. First and foremost, if we're going to do that voice competition thing, like, can I can I get in on that? Like, what what would the odds be, Anita? Um, can we do a little tournament? Like, I'm sure that I would clean up in that kind of competition. Really? Okay. So maybe want, so maybe I what want, we do, maybe what I we do is we make it, maybe, you know me, I, don't threaten me with a good time. I'm very competitive. I always love a challenge. So, um, so maybe what we, oh, no, not me. <laughs> um, so maybe what we do is, um, is we, a little competition where, you know, Tom and, and Joe will, will play the sound clips and then we'll go back and forth and, and see who guesses which ones we'll plan it. We'll, 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 we'll put some time into it. We'll plan it and, uh, and, and we'll have you on for it for sure. But, um, Man, I, and, and I talked about it for the first 30 minutes of the show. It's very interesting, Moke, right? The first few, the first five games, whoever had the best three-point shooting percentage as well as the fewest, fewest turnovers won the game. Well, not the case last night. Obviously, for a lot of reasons, and, and of course, White with that tip in. Uh, your thoughts on, on how the game ended? Uh, I, don't, I don't even have words for it, to be honest, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, you know, going to the line down two and you nail all free throws with just a couple seconds left in the game. Like, I don't know, man, the emotions there, if you're the Heat or if you're a Miami Heat fan, it's just up and down, up and down, up and down. You know what I mean? Like the Celtics, you know, the the urgency, and I, I think that's the thing, you know, is that for the past couple of games, like we've seen a completely different Celtics team. You know, like the first couple of games in this series, they find themselves down 3 nothing. You know, it looked really lethargic. You know, they didn't really seem like they were playing for much. They 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 looked an awful like what the Lakers looked like in their first couple of games against Denver. And then these these last few games, like there's just been a, a renewed energy, a renewed sense of spirit, and you really get the feeling that these guys actually really believe that they can pull this off. And 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 they were playing for more than to just avoid a sweep. You know what I mean? Like, they're playing, and they're like, no, no, we can win this series. And um, I, I will say, you know, based on the way the game ended last night with uh, Derek White, you know, with the putback uh, that came literally two-tenths of a second before the buzzer went off, something like that happens for you as the Boston Celtics. If you had any lingering doubt before, if you had any lingering doubt, that moment erased any doubt that remained. Now, if you're the Celtics, you believe this is destiny. This is your time. You're going to be the first team to ever erase an 0-3 deficit in the NBA. And you probably think that you're going to win game seven and then go on to the NBA finals and give the Nuggets a real run for their money. So I think Miami is uh, in for quite a challenge in game seven tomorrow. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, really quick, before we start looking big picture here, Moke, Moke Hamilton joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, two things that, that I, I found to be quite interesting. Number one, did Jimmy Butler double dribble before he got the foul call? And number two, mm. do you feel that too much time was put on the clock? Uh, Butler was fouled with 2.8. At 3.0, he still has not taken the shot, and Horford had no hand on him. So... And, and 
so in, in, any thoughts there when the game ended, did, did either of those thing, those two things come to mind for you? Uh, I, I, I'll be honest. It didn't come to mind for me until I saw other people talking about it. And that's what sort of made me pay attention and, and second guess it a little bit. That's because I didn't notice it uh, in the moment. But I think that on the telecast last night, you know, Kenny Smith, he, he actually uh, provided a pretty good explanation, Kenny Smith, of, of TNT. So what happens is that when things get reviewed, officials are allowed. Now, I'm not saying they made the right call, right? But I'm just explaining where the extra time would come from. Because what happens when things get reviewed is the officials are allowed to look at everything. And they're allowed to look at when the foul in their estimation actually occurred. Uh, when it comes to timeouts, you know, they're allowed to look to see when the coach actually signaled for the timeout and when it was acknowledged by the referee. And sometimes what happens at the scorer's table is it takes the people who are actually keeping official records for the league that are sitting at the table. Sometimes it takes them a second or two or, you know, in this case, a half a second or two tenths of a second or whatever to react to the motion made by the official. So, you know, a lot of the time, like, you know, if you see 0.3 seconds go back, and I mean, we see this all the time, right? Like those of us who watch basketball, those those of us who, you know, have been around for a little while, like we see this all the time. You know, there's 1.8 seconds up on the clock. They look at it and they put another nine tenths on. So it ends up being 2.7 seconds. And sometimes it's actually more consequential Maybe I shouldn't say it's more consequential, but sometimes you'll see the clock go from 0.2 to 0.5 or 0.6, and that's important because by rule the NBA requires you to have at least 0.3 seconds on the clock to catch and shoot. So, I mean, it just it's unfortunate for the Celtics in this situation, or for the Heat in this situation, that those extra decimal points of a second actually made a difference. But this is normal. We see this all the time. And if in that moment the officials thought that that was the right call to make, then I have no issue with it. I only have an issue with it if I'm, if I'm Pat Riley or if I'm Eric Spolstra or if I'm someone who works with Miami Heat. Um, at the end of the day, you know, the, the Celtics ran a great play. Derek White made a very heads-up, high IQ play to put himself in position to be able to put that shot back. And he just, you know, he just got to move on. Like that's, you know, they they're allowed to feel sorry for themselves for ten minutes last night. After that, you got to move on. You got to get ready for Game Seven because you do not want to be on the wrong side of history on this one. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so, so again, and, and, and we had some callers who called in not not too long ago, saying like heater heater cooked. Like how how do you how do you muster up? another performance game seven um to to try to win this bad boy obviously a few things number one this has been the storyline for the heat this season right Moke? i I mean you cover the nba nothing's been easy for them this season so this is par for the course Uh, number two you don't want to be in the history books as the only team that allowed an opponent to come back down oh three so i do believe that there's motivational factors here uh, you know, do you feel like how, game script? How do you think Monday plays out? Is it going to be close? Is it going to be a blowout? Um, who's going to be the star? Who's going to be the stud? Like, like, how do you envision Monday playing out, Moke? Yeah, I, you know, I love Eric Spolstra. I, I 
personally, I've said this, and sometimes people looked at me crazy, but I think Eric Spolster is the best coach in the NBA. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I have I have great affinity and great respect for him, but I think I think this is too tall of an order for the Miami Heat. Um, at the end of the day, Anita, you know, there were people that were picking the Celtics to win even when they were down 0-3, which I just think is tremendous insight um, and forecasting. Uh, but one thing that no one can dispute is that the Celtics are the more talented team here. And I think the combination of being the more talented team and having game seven at home and clawing your way back to force a game seven. Now, the telecast last night after the game, Jalen Brown said that he feels like they've been to hell and back, <laughs> you know? And it's like when you have all of that going for you, if you're the Celtics and that game is in your building, I just don't see how you don't come in there with the focus and the energy that's going to be needed to pull off that win, you know? And the other thing about Miami that would concern me a little bit is I know these guys are banged up. You know what I mean? Like I know that um, the minutes and, and the load that Jimmy Butler and, and Bam Adebayo have had to carry throughout these playoffs, it does seem to be wearing, wearing them down. It does seem to be catching up to them a little bit. And I think that's uh, part of the reason why they each perform, performed relatively poorly in game six. So I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if the Heat were able to win, but I would be very surprised. And uh, I think the last I checked, the Celtics were an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I would not bet against the Celtics in this instance. I mean, maybe you want to take the Heat to cover the spread, but I, I just it's hard to see the Celtics doing all of this only to come out and lose a game seven at home. And the last quick thing I'll, uh, I'll just mention, again, Eric Spolstra, seen him a lot, covered him a lot, favorite coach in the league. Last night's press conference after the game was the most frustrated and upset and frazzled I've ever seen him. And, um, you know, when I saw that, I was like, man, if he's feeling like that, I can only imagine what his players are feeling like. And it's going to be difficult to even get those guys up and get them ready for a game seven. So I think that that's something that's going to be worth watching as well. Absolutely. Before we let you go, uh, let's talk about the Denver Nuggets for a second, because this is what I find really interesting. Um, Now that this series is all tied up at three, now the line for the Denver Nuggets was minus 220. It's now minus 130. And it's minus 130 because the odds makers feel that the Boston Celtics match up better against Denver. And now the, the odds makers believe that the Boston Celtics are going to win this series in advance. So now Denver is down to minus 130. You can wager that Denver is going to specifically beat Boston at minus 105. You could wager that Denver is going to beat the, the Miami Heat at minus 330. So just to kind of give you an idea of what the odds makers are seeing here and why that line now has dropped to minus 130 for them to win the championship, okay? Which I don't understand because the longer that this series goes, which now it's going seven, the more time... Now, you've got a, a, a Denver Nuggets team who's had a nine-day rest and um, have that the, the home court advantage in regards to the altitude, and, and, and we know their home court advantage and, and winning percentage is better, even better than the Golden State Warriors. And now you've got... Either team that has had to go the distance, come on, let's be honest, Smoke, we, know, we both know these dudes are spent. 
your your thoughts on the fact that the series now is going to go the distance and and how you how you perceive the Denver Nuggets is this going to uh hurt what what's going to be more significant a lot of people might not feel that the 9 days off is healthy or good for Denver how how are you yeah, how are I you think, looking at Denver sitting there waiting to see what happens yeah i think um it's an age old question right like sometime when one one series ends quickly and then the they're they're where they're cross matched with those seven like sometimes you'll see teams sitting around for the while usually not nine games but for the most part um nba coaches struggle with this i think that there's a sweet spot you know um because nine games go by your wind does get affected your timing does get affected a lot of the time when teams have these long layoffs we see them looking a little rusty in game one when their next series begins so I think some, some teams rather keep playing. Others will take three days off, but nine days is a lot. So I do think that uh, I do think that actually puts the Nuggets at a bit of a disadvantage, to be honest with you, just because it's such a long layoff. Um, that said, as far as the scenario is concerned, um, I think I'm with the odds makers. You know, I think I understand it. Uh, the Nuggets, I mean, and importantly, Anita, the Celtics, by virtue of having a better regular season record, they would have home court advantage over, over Denver if those two were to meet in the finals. So that's the main thing. I think Denver losing the home court advantage, number one, and then also having to play a better, more talented team, I think that that's probably what the odds makers are thinking. Um, it's easy for me to make sense of, you know, um, I will say that I think the Nuggets are better than both the Heat and the Celtics, so I probably would take them in either situation. But the combination of a better team in Boston and yielding the home court advantage, for me, those are the things that make you say, okay, well, these guys might not necessarily be a shoe-in, whereas versus the Heat, you've got to really like your chances considering uh, the caliber of opponent. I feel like I'm so I'm disrespecting the Heat so much, but considering the caliber of opponent and the home court advantage, if you're the Nuggets, you'd probably feel pretty good about that situation. As, as the odds makers clearly do as well. Great stuff as always, Moke. So appreciate you joining us uh, each and every week here on ninety eight point seven ESPN, especially on this holiday weekend. Uh, happy Memorial Day to you, to you and yours. And uh, in, we are we are in for a treat on Monday night. That's for sure. Thanks so much. You guys take care. You got it. Uh, we come back. We'll continue with your calls. Uh, Row in Westchester, you will be first up. 800-919-3776. What say you? Do you agree with me where I believe that this is benefiting the Denver Nuggets? The fact that this is going the distance. I think these. this is what we saw with the Boston Celtics last season. This is why they didn't win a championship last season because they were spent. They had no more gas in the tank. So, but interesting, Moke's on the opposite side. He thinks that the nine days rest is, is not good for the Denver Nuggets. What say you? What side of the coin are you on? I love the Denver Nuggets. Right now, you get them to win the championship at minus 130. Um, you, could, you could bet that they're going to beat Boston at minus 105. Now, if Boston doesn't advance, uh, that bet is null and void, and you get your money back. Um, but, uh, and, and also... I've got an I've got an interesting take in regard to the Eastern Conference MVP. I'll share that with you when we get back as well. Um, also, I got a text message 
Nick Friedel is about to board a flight. He was at the game yesterday. He said he's going to jump on board with us at 10 o'clock uh, to give us a good preview of, of Game 7. So excited. Nick Friedel is going to stop in for a good 5-10 minutes before he boards his flight to fly back to New York. Uh, that's coming your way in about 10 minutes. But I'll continue with your calls when we get back. Ro, you will be first up. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. White will inbound. They're not going to defend the inbounder. Max Struess has his back to Derek White. Tatum's on the near side of the court. White looking, still has the ball. Inbound to Smart. Turns it, shoots the three left wing, around, and out! Miami! As a tip was good at the end, but I think the buzzer sounded. We're waiting to get an official ruling. There was a tip, and they counted! Oh, they count the tip, and Boston wins it, 104-103. ESPN radio call right there. Very, very exciting. Now, two things. I'm going to get to your calls in just a second. Spike, Justin, Ben, hang tight, 800-919-3776. Two things. Number one, there's debate. Did Jimmy Butler double, uh, double dribble before the foul? That's a question mark. Was that call not made? So Boston Celtics fans, I'm, I'm sure, even though it's, it's a mood point now, right? But also, was too much time put on the clock after the Butler foul? If you go and you look at the highlights, at three seconds, he had not shot the ball yet. He was not fouled by Horford yet at three seconds. So should it have been 2.8? If it was 2.8, that white shot would not have mattered. But is it even, is it, is it, is it, is it, does it even out because many feel that Butler double dribbled before the foul on top of the fact that the clock uh, was not accurate? So uh, th- just so you know, these will be topics of conversation all day today. And of course, tomorrow, pregame, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Spike in St. Pete. Spike, welcome in. Good morning. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you, my friend. Same to you. You don't see a better game than that. Not technically. You hit it right on the head. I, I sent you a message about stats didn't come to the truth yesterday. But I got to tell you a couple of things. Maybe you know, maybe Mokel know. In the old days, when the backboard lit up, the horn going off 
shut the game down, knock the lights on the backboard. And there's a millisecond. You cut that so fine just now with that 2.8. And Spolstra, who I know you know personally, said it perfectly in the postgame, Anita. He said, we defended it perfectly. There was only one way for that ball to come off that way. Because people saying, why didn't he box out? You don't know what way the ball. You play it where the ball's supposed to come off by the trajectory of the ball. And it was a three by Marcus Smart. And one last thing, because I know you're going to get a lot of calls. It's a, just a great game. Creating another great night. Zach Zarber, the lead officials from Brooklyn, I know him pretty well. And he let them play for a while. You know, you saw a lot of stuff going on, elbows and stuff at the beginning of the game. And then the foul on Butler, uh, it was, and I give him credit, Jimmy Buckets, man, to go on that line with ice water in his veins and drain the three. I don't know if you can really criticize the Heat for losing that game. I really don't. I don't think there was anything they could do. That was one in a hundred. What do you think? Yeah, listen, Spike, uh, great call. Great to hear your voice all the way down there in St. Pete. It, the game was a treat. Let's be honest. If you were up, you stayed up like me, you watched it in real time. Um, you just, I, I, I sat there in bed. And I was just like, what? What, 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 just, what did I just see? What just happened? This is amazing. And then immediately I was just like, oh, we get a game seven. How great is this series? How, and I want to open the phone lines and, and ask you this. How great has this postseason been? I, I, I don't remember a postseason with all these storylines. As great as this postseason has. Let's, let's be honest. If you had a, this, this postseason in the past, I don't know, five to seven years, I think this is one of the best postseasons we've had in regards to all the storylines in quite a while especially for the Eastern Conference to end like this? History in the making? Let's go to Justin in Tom's River. Justin, welcome in. Hey, Anita. Good morning. Thank you for taking my phone call. Um, You hit the nail on the head. That was a ridiculous game last night. I'm not a fan of either team. I'm a football guy, but I love watching the playoffs, obviously, in hockey and basketball. What a finish, you know, and what it comes – a lot of people are like, you know, they're talking about boxing out and, oh, they should have had somebody on the inbound. That was a one-in-a-million chance for that ball to land like that and for him to be there and be able to get that ball in the basket. And really what it comes down to for me, you know that like that whole cliche, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard? In my opinion, the Heat shouldn't even be in this series. And, like, you know, the, the Celtics, they just keep letting the Heat hang around. But as long as I've played sports, I just don't know how the Heat can get off the mat after losing a game like that. You know, I played a little bit of college, and I played, obviously, high school ball. And I lost. I remember my junior year, I lost on a last-second play, and our season the rest of the year was not the same. I just don't know how the Heat can recover after losing like that. They had it in their hands, and it slipped away. Uh, it's a great point to make, Justin, and, and, as, and thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying the Memorial Day weekend in Tom's River. Um, you, you, you just – the wind taken out of your sails, right? But what have we heard each postgame? And, uh, we're going to win. Jimmy Butler, we're going to win this. Uh, Eric Spolstra, uh, th- this is what our season is about. It hasn't been easy. We persevere. This is what we've heard. So, so I, I understand what you're saying. I'm leaning towards the Boston Celtics doing something again that no other team has been able to do, 149 prior in the NBA. I'm leaning towards the Boston Celtics winning on Monday night. But at the same time, I don't have a lot of true conviction 
because this is this Miami Heat team is a team. If you look at their season, it's it, it's all about being down and out and succeeding, down and out and succeeding. It's all it's it's been all season long. It's been about struggle, injury. Um, they have not made things easy for themselves. So it's not like this is a team that has coasted through the season, met its match in the postseason, lost in this regard, and then now is like, woe is me. So because of what the, how this, this, this season has gone for the Miami Heat, a part of me feels like this is par for the course for them. Let's go to Ben in Flushing. Ben, welcome in. Good morning. Is is Manny, not Ben. Uh, I have, but, uh, I have anyway. Ben here on my screen. I'm, I'm sorry. Welcome in, Manny. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, man, I'm not – listen, uh, game six was was, was, was spectacular, man, because I really thought that he was going to win that game after, you know, Butler hit you, hit those uh, three free throws. Because when I thought – when I saw that play, I thought it was a two, but then he kind of, you know, but then the rest of it was a piece of, whoa, 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 that's not true. But anyway – I mean, I do think the Celtics have a chance to win. If they do that, I think you become the first team to ever done it. But it ain't the first time the Celtics have done it before because I think they were the first team in league history to win the NBA championship despite down 0-2. And there were the other teams, that they were, and then think a couple of times that they won the series despite being down 3-1. Both of them against Philly, I think it's 68-81. And then 69, Bill Russell's last championship they won the series in Game Seven despite being down 0-2 against the Lakers team that had Baylor, um, Chamberlain, and rest. And they could do it tomorrow. That they become the first um, first team in the league history to go overcome um, to win a series despite down 0-3. Because Celtics, man, they know how to chase history because they've been there before. When you think they're down, they're not really out. Uh, yeah, and 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 Ben, excellent point, right? On, on both regards. Thank you for the. I'm sorry, Manny. Sorry, Manny. Thank you for uh, the call and and great analysis. In that, both these teams, uh, like what their identity, the, the Boston Celtics have been in this situation before, and they have come back and they have defied odds. The Miami Heat, throughout the season, nothing has been easy. The road has not been easy. In fact, and and I think we we forget about this. You know, they're still they're playing without Oladipo. They're playing without Tyler Hero. And I, I'm I'm a big Tyler Hero fan, and 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 I, I know there's a number of people out there like, so what, Hero? What? I I, I do believe his contribution, especially three point shooting, uh, is pretty significant. Um, I want to say he was number one or number two in, in regard to sh- three point shooting percentage for the team. And 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 like I said, up until this game, the two statistics that have been indicative in regard to who wins is three point shooting, and 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 turnovers or lack thereof, except those statistics did not uh, advance the winner in, in last night's game six. 800-919-3776. Uh, we come back, uh, we'll hear from Moke Hamilton, uh, and also Pat from Rockaway, you will be first up. We'll continue with your calls. I want to dive into, we're sitting here, we're talking so much, obviously, about the Heat and the Boston Celtics, but we need to talk about Denver and how those odds have changed now with this game being 6-6. And very interesting, I feel that it has changed in the wrong direction. And what do I mean by that? Uh, I will dive into that. But but the odds makers out there right now still have the Denver Nuggets winning the national, win, national winning the, the NBA championship, but the odds have changed. 
And I feel that they're going in the wrong direction. And I will tell you all the reasons why as well this hour. So stay tuned for that. Anita Marks with you. Uh, Happy Memorial Day. We'll be right back. Mo Hamilton will join us next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back. Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get to your calls. Ro's been holding on for a quick second. Uh, Let's go to Westchester. Ro, welcome in. Your thoughts on the uh, NBA Eastern Conference Series. How you doing? Great, Hello? thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, I think Miami, they would have won this series if Bam would have played much better. You know, he, he, he comes up short too many times from what I've been seeing over the last few years. He doesn't step up in big games. You know, and he had yeah, 11 so points you, last got, night. Ro, you've got Jimmy and Bam both combined for 35 points. They were 9 of 37. 6 of 28, true, in, the, six of 28 in the paint, dude. Yeah, but... Jimmy has carried him for the most part to this point, but other teams, you know, you'll have one or two players, one to carry, other one to step back, next one to step up, other one's not. And Bam has not done that. He did it in his first, but not consistently, and that's the problem right now. You know? Um, you look at uh, Jokic and, um, and Murray, they're, they're carrying each other. I mean, and, and then the role players are playing their job. You know? It's yeah, kind of like and, training and, uh, for, that, for that team. Ro, thanks for the phone call. I, I, I appreciate it. Listen, this Miami Heat team would not be where they are right now if it wasn't for Caleb Martin. I know I've been talking a lot about him this series. And, and Duncan Robinson, uh, who was good last night. There were a few three-pointers that, uh, that he missed that really could have changed uh, the dynamic of the game, especially down the stretch in the fourth, fourth quarter. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, he, he really has been able to deliver. Um, let's go to Sean in Brooklyn. Sean, welcome in. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, I, I've been away from sports for a little while. I recently came back, and man, what a beautiful time to be back into the NBA, especially. I just I have an idea for the Heat, but I'd like to preface it with a little piece of information here, if that's okay. Um, I don't know if too many people know this, but just to appreciate the history of what might go on in this Game 7. In the 50s, I think it was, there was a... Uh, an Australian runner by the name of Roger Bannister. And there was a famous concept called the one-minute mile, and no one was ever, ever able to break it for years. This guy, Roger Bannister, broke it. I mean, people were at the, scientists were at the point that they were saying it's just not physically possible. After he broke it, shortly thereafter, many people broke it, and then the one-minute mile became a thing of the past. So the beautiful history that we're about to see happen, if the Celtics could pull this off, it's not just about them winning this series. I think in the future we're going to see other teams be able to do it because nothing changed physically with that one-minute mile. It was the mindset. And once it was broken, people said, hey, this is achievable. This is doable. So just to segue into what I think the Heat could do here, I think they need to bring in uh, Alonzo Mourning, Timmy Hardaway, Dwayne Wade, even LeBron or Ray Allen. Well, Ray Allen might be a contradiction, but – Anyone out there that can fly in, pay them, bring them in, get that motivation going, because I think the the momentum is, is much, much more on the Celtic side. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah, Sean, uh, for sure. Are you kidding? It's like it's like a, a, a switch went on. Thanks for the phone call, Sean. I appreciate it. A switch went on with the Boston Celtics, and they were able to turn it around uh, when, their, when their backs were to the wall and down 0-3. This is a much different – the last three games, much different team. 
than we saw the first three games against the Miami Heat. And they are definitely going back home to Boston with a lot of momentum. There's no denying that. We get back. Uh, Nick Friedel is going to pop on before he jumps on his flight. He was there at the game. I thought it'd be great to have him on to preview uh, Monday's action. So sit tight. We kick off hour number two strong with Nick Friedel next here on 98.7 ESPN.